just jump into God's word. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I need you. And Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, Jesus. And Lord, that all of our hearts, including mine, would be ready to receive. Lord, that we would continue in our hearts of worship as we listen to your word and then as we live out your word. Lord, as we take it on and apply it to our lives. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll pick up in about verse 24 of chapter 9. So, um, well, we'll pick up in 22 because Joshua asks them a question. So Joshua called together the Gibeonites and said, why did you lie to us? Because if you remember, the Gibeonites, they put on the whole, you know, the whole fancy dress. They were in. Remember what I was saying? They were in there. Like they, they brought the old moldy bread that they had forgotten in the back of the cupboard. You know, they brought like the broken old wineskins that they borrowed from their grandmother. You know, they, they brought the old boots that their wives were about to throw out. They brought it all, you know, holes in the clothes. It, they, they came looking the part like they were, they were playing the role, okay? They come, they say to Israel, hey, listen, we come from far off. We want to make a treaty with you. We want to be allies. Don't kill us. We'll be your servants. So then the Israelites think something's up, but their human senses can't get them past the trick that's happening, right? And it says, and they forgot to inquire of the Lord because it's only the Lord that could see through these things, right? So then they get tricked. They get duped. Joshua called together the Gibeonites and said, why did you lie to us? Why did you say you live in a distant land when you live right here among us? You live right here. Like I saw you around the corner (laughs) at the corner store. And you're saying you come from another country, you know? So he's like, you lied to us. May you be cursed. From now on, you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of my God. So he's not like, you're not going to be my servant. You're going to be God's servant. And it turns out good for them. Because, hey, I'm going to tell you this universal secret that everybody fools themselves out of. If you serve the Lord, it will go well for you. It's what I found. I used to serve myself, right? I'm going to tell you something. All my sandcastles fell. They all fell down flat. But the moment I said, I'm giving it all to you, Lord, 100%, it wasn't smooth sailing, but the wind was blowing. And all of a sudden, I find myself in places that I had never planned. I find myself taken care of by the Lord. And I scratch my head to this day and I say, how'd I get here? This wasn't part of my five-year plan. This wasn't part of my 10-year plan. Because those all got thrown out the window. Now, I'm not saying that it's not good to plan. It is good to plan. We see Joshua planned when he went out to war, right? It's good to plan for the things that the Lord is setting you out to do. But it's when we bring our own plans and we say, Lord, can you please move over? I have things to do, all right? That's when it gets a bit hairy for for us, not for the Lord. And he just stands there and says, okay, well, I'll just, um, after you crash and burn, I'll be here. I'll be standing here after you've done and tried all your things. And it is good when we serve the Lord. It is good. I can, I can, I read that in God's word. 
I have witnessed it in other people's lives, and now I've witnessed it in my own life. What, that I'm good? No, that God is good, that he takes care of his people, that Jesus wasn't lying when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you. Okay, all right. You know what I'm going to challenge you today to do? Take God at his word. Take God at his word. So they replied, we did it because we, your servants now, <laughs> we, your servants, were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you this entire land and to destroy all the people living in it. They are informed. They know their stuff. They're like, listen, the only option was to be annihilated or to come and trick you. But they didn't know of the other option, which is God's mercy and grace, which Rahab found out about, right? So even though, this is one thing, even though the Lord may declare destruction, there's a get out plan. And what is that? Humble yourself before the Lord. We see it over and over again in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Humble yourself before the Lord. How come more people don't take this escape route? Because we're humans and we don't like humbling ourselves. I'll tell you that right now. You know, when my mother used to tell me, humble yourself, all of a sudden I became harder. It was, it was like the human reaction. Like if somebody says, hey, go do that. I don't want to do that right? The rebelliousness comes out of our hearts. And it's just, you know what I came to find out? It's not just my problem. It even um, ails my three-year-old. Josephine, you did something wrong. Go say sorry. And all of a sudden, you see her face change. She's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Josie, you need to go say sorry. No movement. No reaction. Okay. It's time for a showdown. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, it, it's normal. It's normal. So we see that they, they tried their own get-out plan. They came, and they did partially humble themselves, but they said, we'll, we'll use a little trickery here because we don't trust it. Right? So they come. We were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you this entire land and to destroy all the people living in it. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you. That is why we have done this. Now we are at your mercy. Do to us whatever you think is right. Now remember what I said last week about something that we learn as we follow the Lord. Jesus tells us that our yes should be yes and our no should be no. In other words, keep your word. Keep your word. And Jesus says, hey, listen, don't even swear by, oh, you know, I swear on my mother's grave. He's like, listen, I swear on the earth. And Jesus says, don't swear upon heaven for that's God's home. Don't swear on the earth because that's his footstool. Don't touch the man's footstool, right? Don't swear on things that you have no control over. Don't even swear on your own life. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right? Isn't it nice when you can believe someone's word? When they say to you, 
I'll be there. And they're there. I find that really, really comforting in my life. You know, that I have a few people in my life that when they say, Dave, when you need help, I'll be there, right? And then I say, I need help, and they're there. Not crying wolf, not saying, oh, no, I need help. I was just checking if you'd be here. No, but when you're actually in need, that they're there. And what does the Lord want? He wants his family to be like that. He wants his family to keep their word. That let their yes be yes and their no be no. So here we go. Now we are at your mercy. Mercy, do to us whatever you think is right. So Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them. But that day he made the Gibeonites, the woodcutters, and water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that is what they do to this day. And I told you that it didn't turn out that bad for them because if you remember when um, Judah was taken away by Nebuchadnezzar and they were transplanted in Babylon and they were there for about 70 years and then a remnant of people, like a little bit of the people came back to broken Jerusalem that had been torn apart by the Babylonians they came back and some of the Gibeonites came back with them. It says oh, about 500 of them came back with the Israelites and they said, we work for God's temple. We are still the woodcutters and the water carriers and whatever responsibilities fall on us. So they had become God-fearers instead of pagans. They had started to worship the true and living God. That's pretty good. That's pretty good to turn from a trickster to somebody who honors and loves the Lord. Can I say that that is our story too? Right? How many of us, before we knew the Lord, or before we took it seriously, were a little bit of tricksters? Right? Just tried to get by. Or if you're like me, you know, I, I've grown up in church. I've loved Jesus my whole life. But there were times where I thought, I know how to do this. Just, Jesus, I'll be right back. I'm going to go take care of something. Something you don't know about because you're God. <laughs> you know? and, and I go deal with my own things. And then I come back all beat up. <laughs> I learned this. Uh, we had moved from New York City to a place called Pennsylvania. If you don't know where Pennsylvania is, it's where Philadelphia is you know, as a city. It's uh, where Pittsburgh is. I think Pennsylvania is larger than England. So um, it, it's, it's a bit larger than England. If you guys don't know, um, England itself is the size of New York State. So we have New York State is the 27th largest state in the United States. So when I would drive across Pennsylvania, it takes nine hours to drive across Pennsylvania, all right? So from one side to the other side, it's nine hours. So it's, it's fairly big. Um, so we moved to Pennsylvania. I moved from New York City. I lived right across the bridge from Brooklyn to a land where there was more maize than people growing in the fields. My neighbors lived like half a mile away. You know, if I yell for help, only my dog will hear me. <laughs> That's pretty much where we moved there. And I'm like, 
17 years old. And I'm just like, yo, ma, what in the world is going on around here? Obviously nothing. <laughs> there is nothing around here. There was no corner store. There were no basketball courts that I could just walk to and play basketball. And listen, if you loved like football, I mean European football, if you loved football, there would be plenty of fields, but no people. So you'd be by yourself, all right? Good thing I had a whole bunch of brothers. So that's where we learned how to play music because we were bored out of our minds. And we just thought, hey, let's play some music. Anybody know how to play music? No? All right. Now it's time to start, <laughs> right? That's what we did. And we became musicians and had a band. Uh, the Lord used it. But we moved there. And um, yeah, during that time in my life, I was starting to try to enact my own plan. I was like, yo, man, this is what we're going to do, guys. We're going to get out of our lives by becoming musicians, and then we'll go wherever we want, right? And we started doing it, and then as we were seeking the Lord, the Lord said, if you hand it to me, I will bless it. It's like, mm. and I'm thinking, yeah, but if I hand it to me, maybe I could be like Coldplay, <laughs> right? Make a little money in this, right? And the Lord's like, yeah, but if you hand it to me, I'll bless it. Okay. So we started seeking the Lord more and more in, as, as young adults. We started seeking the Lord and saying, you know what? Let's, let's give it all to the Lord and we'll just follow his way wherever he takes us. And I landed in Birmingham. <laughs> he tricked me. <laughs> No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm happy to be here. I, I, I am. After 12 years of therapy, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you guys. No, no, Birmingham is, is great, but because the Lord makes it great. Not because in itself it's a great place or, you know, oh, it's such a blessing, greatest city in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we just missed it. By best city in the world, we just missed it by like 350 cities. Um, but it's okay. We'll get there someday. We'll get there someday. We like it, right? I like it. You know? Have you ever been to, there's this beautiful place in England. It's called Devon, right? Beautiful, right? Reminds me of Pennsylvania. Nobody around, right? Desolate, all alone except for the cows and the sheep, right? And a little maize field over there growing some corn, right? There's one thing about Devon that Birmingham has and Devon doesn't. It's called the corner shop. <laughs> I love corner shops, right? Oh, we need some milk. It's not a 20-minute drive somewhere. I just walk around the corner, go get some milk, and come right back. Convenience. It's a beautiful thing. So um, anyway, so Joshua did not allow the people to kill them. And the Gibeonites get blessed, and then we roll into chapter 10. So if you guys have your Bibles, flip to chapter 10, and we'll begin there. And, and just as the, as the chapter begins, so does the trouble, all right? Adonai Zedek, now if you know anything about a little bit of Hebrew, 
his name actually means Lord of Righteousness. So this guy who does not follow the Lord of Righteousness bears the name Lord of Righteousness. And this man will be shown who the Lord of Righteousness really is. Okay? So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king. So bad news came to him. Just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king, he also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. So it's like bad news compounded by bad news for Adonai Zedek. Lord of righteousness is getting angry. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town as large as the royal cities and larger than Ai. And the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So all of a sudden he hears that a key city with strong warriors have just made an alliance with the strongest army that they have seen cross their land. Okay, they already are scared of Israel according to God's promise. If you guys remember, God is keeping his promise to them. And he said, I will cause the nations around you to shake like leaves at the sound of your name. Somebody says Israel. You ever watch uh, The Lion King? He's like, Mufasa, right? Oh, Shivers down my spine, right? Say it again. <laughs> Mufasa, right? All of a sudden, the kids are in the street. Israel, hey, don't you say that word again. You want everybody to have a heart attack around here? <laughs> Shut your mouth, boy. Don't say, you know, that place again. Israel. <laughs> and they're scared. And God is keeping his promise. You know what? Even those things should actually bring us joy. They should actually give us confidence in the one that we believe in. Because he kept his promises then, he'll keep his promises now. So when God tells me that I have salvation when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, confidence. Why? Not because of me, but because he's a promise keeper. I have confidence in him. You can have confidence in him. So we'll keep reading. They had heard that uh, they made peace um, as a large royal, they were as large as the royal cities, and the Gibeonites were strong warriors. So really, Gibeon could have gone to war with Joshua, but instead they said, I have a better plan. Whoever their general was, he was actually a very uh, savvy guy. He knew. All right? They seemed to keep beating everyone. If you can't beat them, join them, <laughs> right? They're the only ones that, that take this approach. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, and Debor of Eglon, all right? Large cities. And even in Israel's time, these cities were still large, like Lachish, is a city that they find artifacts that really back up the Bible story. In Lakesh, they found um, this thing, this uh, place where it was supposed to be 
idolatrous worship, but it was turned into a toilet block. So like, so like this temple that, that paganism happened in, uh, they turned into toilets for the Israelites, right? And we're actually told about that. We're actually told about that in scripture where it says King Hezekiah thought that, you know what? Let's make it a good plan to get rid of all pagan worship within God's land. And what we're going to do is to show that God's supreme and that we don't care about these pagan idols is that we'll change all of their temple stuff into our toilets. And he did it. And then they found that in Lakesh, which was an Israelite controlled town. And I find that awesome. Because it's like, well, the Bible told me about it. Nobody believed it until they dug in the sandbox and found the evidence. Oh, I guess the Bible was telling the truth. Huh, who would have known? You know? So he calls all of these kings, come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them. He's like, listen, all these five kings, we're not going to go after Israel because they'll probably pummel us. But we're going to go kill Gibeon because they were our allies and now they've turned their backs on us. And now they're align, aligning with the strongest army on the land, right? So come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. All right, guys, you just tricked these dudes. And now you have the confidence to say, help, help us, right? They know you tricked them. The Israelites could have taken a little while to get there, right? Yeah, yeah, we're coming to help. We're going to keep our alliance. I mean, we even see our alliances today, right? Anything to save us out of trouble, right? You know, oh, you're in trouble? We're your friends? Let me send you a care package. <laughs> no, I need boots on the ground, bro. <laughs> I know what type of care package you could send me. Your army. <laughs> And, and we see, we see it today. Politicians, everybody's trying to like skirt around anything having to do with conflict. You know, we just got over our big flu, <laughs> COVID-19. <laughs> We're all still under the weather. <laughs> Don't want to help out. Watch what Joshua does, all right? So Gibeon sends these messengers. They're pretty good fighting men themselves. They send messengers to Joshua. It says, so Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon on foot. They didn't have any airplanes to get into. Now, now the Bible indicates to us how long this would take, but I'm going to tell you now, this is a 20-mile walk. 20 miles. Everybody walk, anybody walked 20 miles recently in one shot with heavy armor, swords, shields? Anybody? Me neither. You know, I did that last week, not this week. So um, 
It says, including his best army, they set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. So Joshua, we see this example of Joshua over and over again. What is this? That when he hears God's promise to him, he gains confidence and he, in turn, gives confidence to, to his warriors and they go in. They believe God, they take him at his word and they go in. They believe God. So Joshua traveled all night. So he didn't say, hey, you know what? Maybe we can make it there by lunchtime. You know, we'll take a break. We'll find a camp real nice, have a nice view, get a good sleep. He's, he tells his warriors, the Lord has given us victory. We are marching 20 miles through the night. We're going to help our allies. We're going to help our allies. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. Why did they take them by surprise? Because they didn't expect anybody to be that dedicated, right? They're, all of Israel was in it. They were ready to go. The Lord threw them into a panic and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Haran, killing them all the way to Ezekah and Makeda. So, okay, so we see that the Lord is also with Joshua. All right? The Lord is with Joshua, just as he had promised. But here's the thing that really, really um, speaks to me. Really speaks to me. Gibeon didn't deserve God's army on their side. Right? And when I see that, I see a reflection of me. I don't deserve God's best. I don't deserve it. But did that stop Gibeon from calling for help? Right? I can sit here and know I don't deserve God's best and hang my head low and say, I'm not asking. Why would he help me? You know why he would help you? Because he said he wants to. That's why. And so many times you and I hang our heads low and we say, well, why would God help me? I mean, I mess up all the time. Well, good thing his help isn't reliant on my performance. Because if anything was reliant on my performance, guys, we'd be dead meat. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Everybody pack up. We're out of here. Disperse. We are reliant on God and his performance and what he did on the cross for us. And all we have to do is say, I believe you are my Lord and Savior. I am your servant, right? And then what does Jesus do in return? You are no longer servants. You are my friends. So then all I have to do is be like Gibeon. So Gibeon had three options, really. Listen, when they saw the five kings, they had three options. These are the options. The first two options are the ones that we usually take. When bad times come, freak out. Okay? Listen, Gibeon could have just sat there and worried about it. 
And I'll tell you, the first two options are stemmed from our pride. Why do I freak out? Why do I worry about it? Because I believe that only I was the one able to take care of the problem, and now it's so overwhelming that I can't take care of it, so the only thing that's left to do is worry and be anxious about it, right? And freak out and go see a therapist for 20 years. Now listen, I'm not making fun of going to see a therapist. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that's not our only option. It's okay when you have to talk over some problems with somebody. That's all right. I mean, half the time, Claire is my therapist. This <laughs> is like, am I going crazy or can I just talk to you? And most of the time she's like, yeah, you're going crazy. Okay, cool. All right, just, just wondering. <laughs> it's okay to talk to people. I'm not making fun of that. What I'm saying is sometimes in our pride, we think, hey, I was the only one that could have taken care of this, and I knew the only way to take care of it, and since we can't do that and it's overpowering me, now it's time to worry, it's time to be anxious. Or the section, second option, which is also pride, is I could take care of this myself. Now remember the words that we heard in the text. Gibeon was filled with mighty warriors, right? They were, they were good fighters. Now, the second option they could have taken, which would have taken their pride and manifested in a different way, was everybody pick up your swords. We don't need any help. We can do this ourselves. We are going to pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Have you ever heard that term? They use it in the United States all the time. you got to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Have you ever tried that? <laughs> that junk does not work. Half the time, I don't even wear boots, let alone boots with straps. <laughs> That's silliness. We are self-reliant. Hey, listen, there comes to the point, there, there, there are the times where we just have to get on and do it ourselves, right? Right? We just have to, listen, man up or woman up or whatever you need to do and just do what is set before you. But there's option three. And option three is this. Call on the God who said he'd be there for you. Joshua is a picture of Jesus Christ for us. I've told you that before. Do you know that? We call on our Joshua. The one who God has told him, I will give you victory every single time. I'm on his side. I'm on his team. So when trouble comes, if I feel the worries start to bubble up or, or if I start to give myself a pep talk, you can do it. You can do it. All I have to do is, whoa, calm down. I have an alliance with the greatest being ever, the one who created all things, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I'm sorry if I pronounce some of these words differently. I'm not English. So... Omega, <laughs> or beta. In the United States, we would say beta, but that's because we's dumb. <laughs> now, we pronounce a lot of things differently, and that's okay, because Jesus knows exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? He speaks all languages. I mean, we all sit here today, and some of us, English isn't our first language, and Jesus knew what we were saying back then. That's the beautiful thing. 
that I can call him by his name in the language that I know, and he knows I'm talking to him. And a lot of people will, will bring a lot of problems with this, and they'll say, oh, you know, you're saying his name in the Greek, you should say his name in the Hebrew. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you can hear me anyway. Anyway, and I've told you this before. I speak two languages, right? And some people do not call me David. They call me David, right? Or it, they don't even call me by my first name, right? They know me by, by, by my middle name. And then there's a name that some of you, most of you don't know, that only family members know, and they call me by that, and I still answer to that name. And I also answer to all of my brother's names because they get confused, so I don't want to make people feel bad that I'm not Marcos, Lewis, Nicholas, Daniel, or Juan. And I turn around and I answer them anyway because I know who they're talking to. They're talking to this guy in this body. They're not talking to my brother in New York City, <laughs> you know? So Jesus, who is much, much more clever than me, will answer the name that you know him by. The, the name above all names the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace himself. I mean, when you're that good, you got lots of nicknames. He's got lots of nicknames, right? And they all show characteristics of who he is. So they believed Joshua's promise that they said, we'll let you live. We'll be allies. You'll be our servants. We've got your back. They believed his promise. So Gibeon was strong and they knew it. And they knew that they could freak out. But instead, they called the one who had promised to them, right? Who had made a promise to them. They didn't just sit there and worry or go take care of the, themselves. They knew how to humble themselves. Sometimes we have to humble our pride and just say, I just need your help, Jesus. I just need you. And then Gibeon worked along with them, right? When their allies came, it doesn't say, and then Gibeon pitched up on the side, got to pina coladas ready, and they watched a really good action flick as, you know, as uh, Israel took out five of their enemies. No, it, I mean, the text actually kind of shows us that Gibeon was there with them. They said, hey, here comes our friends. Let's do this, Right? And they fought alongside them. Or even if they didn't, there are times when Jesus comes to my aid, and I don't even have to do a thing. And he just fixes whatever was wrong. And then there's other times where I have to allow him to do his work, and I have to work along with him. You know? Like, when I look at the Old Testament and the order that the Lord tells uh, Joshua and the Israelites to take care of that sinful nation or the sinful nations around them and to totally and utterly cut them off. Do not let them continue on in what they were doing. I look at it in this New Testament light that shows me that with my sin, I need to cut it off. I need to annihilate it. I can't sit there and be like, oh, you know, it's okay. We'll let some of it hide over here where nobody sees. You know, I got rid of most of it, Lord. The Lord's like, no, let me help you get rid of it all. You know, well, Lord, I kind of like being a little selfish, you know. The Lord's like, no. Well, Lord, you know, I forgave almost everybody. <laughs> it's 
except for that one person where I actually need to hold this grudge or else I can't survive. It's like, no, no. Let him come in like that Joshua and take care of it. And sometimes we got to run along with them like Gibeon and say, all right, I don't know what I'm doing around here, (laughs) but I'm here. I'm with you. 100%. I'm with you. Help me. So when we have troubles, whether they're external or internal, whether they're an outside enemy or they're an internal sin um, that we can't overcome, let's follow the example of the Gibeonites. Let's call out to our Joshua. I need help. And, And the Gibeonites trusted his word. They trusted his word. So we learned three things from the Gibeonites really quick. They humbled themselves. They call on the one who made them a promise and they work with them. They walk with them and let, they let the promise keeper do the work. You know, Gibeon could have cut them off. Oh, no, no, don't, don't kill that king. He, was, he used to be my best mate. They're like, hey, man, do your thing. Whatever um, attachment you had to that sin, whether it was an emotional attachment or whatever, Bye-bye. See you later. My king of kings is coming, and he's going to help me. He's going to be there for me. I've seen him do it, right? When I was younger, I, uh, I did something like uh, I was a trickster like Gibeon, right? Not to other people. I didn't trick other people, but in my own life, I could get out of all my problems, right? If I owed somebody something, I knew I could take from somewhere else to pay that something, But then what I realized was now I owed more debts. I found that whenever I tried to take care of my problems through my own um, trickery, that when I had to steal from Peter to pay Paul, I still owed Peter and somebody else. (laughs) And then the Lord was like, stop, stop that. Call on me when you're in trouble. Don't just take care of it in your own strength and with your own, yeah, I can figure this out. Don't take care of it. Don't, don't move. Just call me. Wait on me. You know, we're told in Hebrews, we have, a, we have a promise in Hebrews. It says that the Lord told us he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never abandon us. We also have promises in uh, Psalm 121. It says, I look up to the hills. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Hey, guys, God's not sleeping. He's not asleep. You know, sometimes he like, I might call, you know, this morning I had trouble, right? Back there, I was trying to turn on the live stream in the other rooms and it didn't turn on. It turns on every other time, but the day Tom's not here, it doesn't turn on, right? So I called Tom. He was sleeping. I woke him up. And he's like, yeah, you okay, Dave? I'm like, yo, bro, live stream's not working, brother. (laughs) And you told me I could call you. So I did. (laughs) So here we are (laughs) on the phone call. (laughs) And he goes, oh, this happened to me last time. You got to go unplug one end and then walk across church and unplug that end and then plug them back in and it should work. All right, bro, I'm going to let you go back to sleep. See you later. 
boop. You see, he was reliable. I called him. But when I call God, he's not even sleeping. Right? Now, good thing, God is better than Tom. <laughs> I love Tom. He's very reliable. But Tom is human, just like Dave. But God is not. So he doesn't suffer from the same ailments that we do, like selective hearing. <laughs> I had this brother, right? I say I had because he doesn't really exist anymore because the Lord has changed him. But I had this brother. He was an older brother to me. And he had selective hearing for my voice. Why? Because I was his direct younger brother, right? And I would always say to my brothers, watch this. I'm going to call my brother so-and-so, right? Juan knows his name. Um, and, and I'm going to, it was a joke. I was like, guys, check this out. I'm going to call Juan, like in the same room right next to him, and he will not even acknowledge that I have said something, right? Because from when we were little, he learned to tune me out. <laughs> Why? I was highly annoying, <laughs> right? I still am. <laughs> but I would be like, hey, Juan, man, dude, keep just doing his thing, right? And then after a while, hey, Juan, 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 Juan. He wouldn't call me. And then I'd say, now, now Marcos, you try. And Marcos would go, hey, Juan. He'd go, what? <laughs> I was like, yo. <laughs> it was the best party trick ever. It was great. Like, people would be like, did you guys practice that? I'm like, this dude's been practicing that his whole life. <laughs> now, now he actually hears me when we call. The Lord's done great work in him, great work in me. I've changed my voice a bit. <laughs> hey, Juan! <laughs> and he answers me, right? But it's great, right? Praise the Lord that the Lord doesn't do that, right? I'm like, God, help me. Somebody else call him. He doesn't hear me. <laughs> it's not like that. He hears me when I call. My Joshua hears me. He hears me. And he will ride through the night for me. I take, you know, like great confidence in God to show me pictures of how he is. Joshua marched through the night, no sleep. They got there. They were tired. And he didn't say, okay, everybody take a quick nap. You know, in a quick nap. They're just right over there behind this ridge. Everybody just take a... He didn't do that. He said, we're here. The fight's on. And it says they just went out there and caught him by surprise. They did things that like the other kings, five other kings were like, what? How did these guys get here? You live 20 miles away. Where'd you come from? Think about the messengers that had to run to Gibeon to go tell them this. They were marathon runners, right? 20 miles. They were a bit short of a marathon, so we won't give them the medal. But they just ran and went to go tell them and then Joshua went to action right away. That's how our Joshua is. He goes to action right away. He's not like, well, call me in three days after the holiday, the bank holiday, and then we'll see what we could do after that. You know, you should only call me during business hours. Um, that's not our God. He's reliable. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you because you are our greater than Joshua.
You are even greater than what he did. Lord, we thank you for the promises, for the pictures, for the confidence that we can have in you, Lord. Lord, that we would call on you, that we wouldn't get trapped up in our own pride and grow anxious and worried, but that we would call on you. Lord, that we wouldn't get trapped in our own pride and say we could take care of it on our own, but that we would call on you. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.